Hello, welcome to Waiting for Game, a podcast presented by Melee Stats. And if you are listening, yeah, it might seem a little different, right? There, there might be an, an air of professionality uh, and just like confidence that is in the in the, this episode, just evident. Um, and you know, I think that's true. Obviously, if you've not seen any announcement, uh, your little boy is moving up in the world. But hey, we'll we'll get to this later. We'll get to. Hey, who knows? Nintendo of America, wheat? Who's to say? Um, before we get into what's going on for this episode, because we have a lot, we've got a great guest here, but of course we have to talk about uh, my good friend, my co-host, and uh, the first guy who's saying that uh, majors shouldn't count for the MPGR, Edwin Budding. What's going on, Edwin? <laughs> Not much, man. I'm really excited to be on the show today. I will say it's, it's a rare occasion where uh, in addition to seeing one friend sell out, I'm seeing two friends sell out, and I'm actually getting outnumbered right now by Nintendo shills all around me. It's official. I mean, yeah. I, I think that the next step is that, you know, we're going to be selling Nintendo merchandise. We're going to be defending everything we do. We'll actually be paid full time to watch social media for them very soon. But, you know, fortunately for the audience and for our typical listeners, I'm I'm the last bastion of, of reason in the, in the world dominated by, as we would put it, professionality. But um, I'm really happy to be here. We thanks for <laughs> introducing me. Uh, I'm really happy also to introduce Chroma, who is also commentating CEO this weekend. Chroma, uh, Mr. Lover of Corporations, what have you been up to, man? How you doing? I'm doing great. You know, as I've always said, the free marketplace will really decide everything. Intellectual property is a personal mm -hmm. uh, point of passion for me. I've just finished reporting Thunder Gaming's tournament to Nintendo as we speak. <laughs> they were very interested to find out what was going on. They were they were out of the loop, let me tell you. But, you know, doing great, getting ready to, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm going to hang out with Wheat at yeah. a tournament. And uh, there's a lot more to it, but that's really, you know, I think the most important part. Hey, when it gets down to it, it's just a couple of boys hanging out. And, um, yeah, I mean, we've got a little bit to talk about here. Obviously, we've got CEO coming up. Uh, some some other recent news that that uh you know, <laughs> hey top players are gonna top player one way or another and I really want to get into that. Um, so I think that if we are able to make a whole episode, I think it's gonna be great. And if you look at your podcast app or the YouTube, uh, you know, vod of this, if it's only a few minutes, then that means that we have said something unsavory and have uh gotten immediately pulled like. <laughs> like from the stage with a giant hook. But uh, until then, we will continue to talk about what's going on. Of course, we've got CEO 2022 coming up. So this is um, this is the first up of the Panda Cup. This is going to be a pretty interesting tournament here. I, um, I think CEO is always someone that has flown under the radar for the past couple of years for Melee, but we've got a little bit of a cool group here. Uh, unfortunately, we have some DQs, but I don't know. We still got a good group. Um, Panda. I'm for some reason I don't know why he's the first one I mentioned. Panda is here, but you know we've got uh, PG Plup, we've got Liquid Hbox, Crudo. We've got a lot of good people here. Uh, Edwin, you are not going to CEO. You're the only person here of the four of us, including the man behind the the you know the ones and twos right here. Oh, yeah. um, you are oh, not going to be little... hanging out at the sunny Daytona Beach, sipping a mai tai on the uh, on a, like a big you know, chair on the beach. Uh, what uh, what are you looking forward to when it comes to CEO? 
Well, I, I think uh, obviously it's a bit of there's a bit of a damper at the event because Leffen IBDW are not going to be there. Leffen well, of... IBW is going to be there. Well, yeah, I guess IBW will be attending doing content stuff. But yeah, you know, it's a shame that we're not going to be be seeing them competing in a bracket this weekend. Um, that's kind of a whole topic on its own. But I but I think that we got a lot of interesting talent coming here, right? So like. You mentioned some of the heavy hitters, like at the top, like Klopp and Hungrybox. We could be seeing them play each other. We're going to be seeing Crudo show up. This is someone that, you know, you know, dip, who knows what this means in the first half of the year so far, but, you know, potentially top 25 player, top 30, so somewhere around that range, one of the best chic players um, around. You're, we're going to be seeing a lot of Florida talent come out. And, you know, this is, this is typically the kind of region where, like, the – so, like, SoCal on the West Coast has endless amounts of like heavy hitters and people who can take sets off heavy hitters. The thing is, in SoCal, people typically know who those players are, mm. right? You got your Asashis, you got your Caspers, and now you have your Steeches. In Florida, I will say, historically, when you look at majors, when you look at tournaments that happen there, the players that it, it's like they have an endless assortment of players that you've like never heard of that just like randomly beat good people and they just never leave Florida. Florida just has like this endless motley of like Akiers, right? Or you, or you have a player like maybe slightly more well-known like Webbins, right? But then you got like your uh, Chipotle pluses, you got your like your peach pants of the world. A lot of just random players that like, like it's like the kind of people that you run into on Slippy on Unranked or something and you get destroyed by them and you're like, who who the hell is this guy? And you're like, yo, who's your- Smurf is uh, Peach Pants? Yeah, and it's like, no, no, that's that's just a player from Florida. No, that's so, that's Peach Pants. Yeah, we're we're gonna be seeing a lot of those kinds of those kinds of people at this event. So not necessarily like, it's it's almost like they have the same skill of the up and coming players that you know, except you have literally never heard of these players before, or you've only seen them in like online brackets, like when they at like like bigger tmts and everything so yeah it's it's gonna be interesting i think we have a i think we have a pretty definitive like top field of competitors and they just have this like wild group of people after the top like 15 23 at this event who are all like just very good but you don't really see much of them at all or when you see them it's kind of like insular right like one player i'm really excited to see this weekend is jay Jay, she shows up to like one tournament or two tournaments a year and takes like a top 50 player or whatever to the brink and then like disappears. Like that's the kind of feel that we're going to be seeing here. It's um, Jay, uh, Jay's going under the tag. It's a wonderful life right now. Is that right? Yeah, Very I true. think so. Uh, yeah, I, I believe that um, this is, the, uh, what is, it's one of the big three. Jay, it's a wonderful life, and uh, it's a wonderful world, man. I'm going nuts, and then the, the imager link, of course. <laughs> yeah, right. It's just one big, one big, one, link, which is one of the big three tags that they use. But yeah, it's going to be very fun to see them. It's really funny because um, somebody was complaining about seating online. Like I, um, you know, I've heard of Dimension, and they're seated below. Uh, it's a wonderful life, or it's I'm sorry, it's a wonderful world. Yeah, it's a wonderful world. Um, who I do not know. But the person I know should be seated above the person I do not know, and uh, if you really come, uh, if you really come to CEO with that mentality, you're about to get mixed in side bets. Is really all I have to say. I mean, there are a lot of players I just haven't seen in a while that I think could do a huge amount of damage. Like Panda will win the event, of course, right? 
But Panda, round one of top 64 winner side, is seated to play Baraka. Oh, yeah, wow. that's horrifying. Yeah, Baraka that's shows up like two tournaments a year, then does really well or, or like nearly beats a top 100 player. Like, exactly. Like if Baraka lived in SoCal, they would just have these wild wins out of nowhere and people would maybe know of them. Yeah, you just you get like five null wins a year or something, right? Yeah, or more. I mean, you know, it's it's hard to or say. More. Like, Scarzo's gonna have to play Stockholm Syndrome. Wevins mm-hmm. and Prof are playing super early. That's so actually a really funky one. Do you think Prof goes Sheik or what character? Uh, it seems like a Sheik, Sheik to me. Yeah, uh, like Wevins with the Samus, but I don't, I don't know head to head. I have so much stuff that I have to prep on this. The bracket's also really funky because we do know Leffen is responsibly queuing for COVID. I'm actually not going to say anything about that. I think that's mm-hmm. great. IBDW, I wanted to make fun of more. But then I looked at IBDW's proposed schedule. It's pretty meaty, to be fair. And we're going to have time to to make fun of IBDW later for the The IBDW yes, yeah, making fun of segment is... Uh, yeah. I, I'm not saying anyone has to save it, but it'll be later. It'll we, we'll, we'll hold it back a little bit, but... Um, <laughs> Yeah, I guess I guess for concrete. So there are parts of the bracket that now hold more significance if they don't reseed. And talking to some of the seeders, I'm not sure we should assume the reseeding is happening. Yeah, I, I do want to say there is a chance. Um, I don't think it is 100% locked in. Mm-hmm. That is something that, uh, I mean, when you have situations like these, it's just kind of easy to figure out like, oh, is this going to be reseeded? And sometimes you know it's certainly going to be reseeded um sometimes if it's like the day of you know it's not this is kind of an in-between case i think we'll probably know more by the time you know maybe wednesday rolls around um but yeah as of now i think it's best to operate because there's a very likely chance that this does stay the same um so to operate that this is going to just be as it is but who knows Mm -hmm. this could definitely definitely change um jake you're right there are some heavy hitters here it's a pretty insane thing because ceo uh, like I said, not historically a huge melee tournament. We've had our big, you know, Armada winning CEO 2014 in the ring and then Leffen showing everyone up at CEO 2015. Um, and then CEO 2016 was kind of the breaking point where every single person dropped out because of personal reasons. Uh, I mean, hey, two of the top four seeds here DQing, that is not the CEO record. <laughs> that has already... Uh, you know, been well-maintained by CEO 2016. But I was pretty impressed by this event. There's over 200 entrants. I think 223 or something um, we hit right now. That's pretty dang good. One of the biggest of the year so far. And look at the uh, top players here. Because it's not a lot of top, top players. If you look at something like Double Down, Double Down has about 300 entrants. And it's so many top players. So it's cool to see an event like this because you guys are right. It is very deep and it also has that regional flair because when you get over 200 people to go to an event and you look at the top eight seeds and, and like Skurzo is one of them, no offense to Skurzo, but like it really does show the depth of something like this and probably a good sign for Melia to come if we're able to get 200 entrants and uh, you know have events like these more. But um, of course, let's, let's talk about the panda cup so this is the first step of the panda cup panda cup is going to start here it's going to have a bunch of events um i know that we kind of alluded to it for anyone who missed the news i am lucky enough and talented enough i guess uh and and so is my good friend chrome over here to be a part of panda cup in uh 
I'm going to be on an analyst desk and commentary. And then he, of course, is going to just be uh, commentating the whole way through like normal. Um, so, yeah, we are very happy to be involved. Edwin, you are not involved in any capacity. So my first question <laughs> to you, my <laughs> first question to you is going to be, what is your least favorite part about Panda Cup and why do you hate it so much? <laughs> why are you is this like a test of, like uh are you, are my, you testing my question me? to you is is what did nintendo ever do to you that was wrong because i think they're a wonderful company that was we're always pro nintendo around here Edwin. <laughs> yeah this 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 show especially has always been very optimistic about about panda cup about Extremely. nintendo yeah, we've always now, loved panda cup uh, i don't think there's been anything to the contrary no issues. Uh, no, so so I think on a on a serious note, it is kind of nice to see that uh this thing that we have been waiting for any information on and a start for for like half a year, like finally come to start like have have some semblance of a beginning. I'm interested to see how it turns out. I'm what I'm a, you know, I, do I think that uh do I think that like Leffen's DQ at this event necessarily is indicative for something that may happen in the future for other Panda events? Probably not. I don't think IBW seems pretty committed to going a lot, going to a lot in July and over the rest of the summer because we just have so many more tournaments coming up. Um, really seems like we're, I mean, like we we're already kicking into gear with Battle of BC at the start of the month. I'm just curious to see like, you know, what what will change our mind about like this tournament in terms of like, like, is there any result from this tournament that would necessarily change our, our mind about, like, the current competitive landscape? Realistically, I, I don't really think so. But as far as, like, its uh, implications on Panda Cup are, are concerned, yeah, I mean, I, I'm excited to see an event finally. And uh, I'm excited to see the start of something that was that had a lot of buildup, a lot of hype, a lot of disappointment for, for a little bit. But now we're, we're getting to see some, a little, some sense of some amount of a payoff, right? So I'm just kind of watching it, and I'm seeing two two of my very good friends flying this event, working for Panda Cup in some capacity. Now I'm excited to see how you two do. That's all. Very excited to hear that. Thank you so much. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. There was you know some confusion. Um, obviously, people in the community had some discontent because of this confusion. And I think having the events, having something like this, coming out with a it's more melee, a, right? A schedule. I mean, that's that's the way to prove this, right? That this is a real thing. Um, so I'm excited to uh, to work with them. I'm excited to see what's going on. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think I think it's going to be a pretty cool event, and uh, very interested to see what it is in the landscape because we talked about it before. We've got you know, cir- fucking Circuit City in here. Um, e- e- we've got the uh, all the Papa John's events, even though that's not a circuit with like an end thing. We uh, of course have Smash World Tour. Uh, we have this panda cup we've got a lot it's interesting it's going to be interesting to see like how the scene reacts to this how the scene is able to incorporate all these um so yeah i don't know it's it's one of those things where like the first event you know um will obviously set the tone but it'll be interesting to see like following through all these events how the uh, scene reacts so um yeah i'm interested to be a part of it and see what's going on I have the feeling that I'm jumping a little bit into corporate speak, so I'll I'll hand it over to my uh, good friend Chroma. Yeah, fellow <laughs> corporate business. speaker. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm going to bury the lead a little bit here, I guess. Well, actually, which way should I talk about this? Yeah, I mean, I think anybody's skeptical about how this is going to turn out long term. I think that's an extremely reasonable thing. This is as up close and personal as we've gotten with the big N. 
that we ever have been. And there are a lot of very reasonable questions about what that means, what sort of allowances there are, how that impacts all the various parts of our scene that we like quite a bit. Yeah, the other like, circuits included. Other circuits included, other games included, other elements of our games included, and you know how carefully we're going to have to walk around that and you know talk about that publicly is is a new thing for me. I would just like to see this done in a way that's healthy uh, for everybody. I I hope this can work. Uh, I'm going to try my best to make sure it can because I don't really think we have the option for it not to. And for those of you that I've talked to a little bit more individually about that, you understand where I'm coming. There are just some doors you can't close. There are some windows that that don't shut after you open them. Um, and so that's that, I think, is my biggest concern. And I'm going to be really, really vague about that. Um, as far as this event, I think it's going to be a really good test to see if the infrastructure is set. Um, just to remind people how the melee side is going to work, there are, I think, eight buildup events. And you know I don't exactly have the number right. Pandacup.com slash schedule has everything. So there are various amounts of events with various amounts of qualifying spots for each. It's a 32-player final. And so, yep. for example, the top three placers are going to get in from CEO, the top two from Gommel, the top two from Smash Factor 9. Um, then you have Lost Tech City, Big House, Let's Make, Move, Let's Make Moves, well, Saving Mr. Party 3. But, uh... Yeah, sorry. I'll, uh... But anyway, you can see it on the website. Basically, uh, something like 17 players qualify from there. A panel is going to pick the other 13. Um, so... You know, let's say that one of these players absolutely just bombs out, like Plup gets ninth. By itself, that's not a huge issue because mm -hmm. you can expect Plup to get in on the on the panel spots. But some early guidance that I'm getting is basically that it really matters that you go to these events and have played people there. The other thing that matters is um, it's how you do against the other people that have qualified that's going to be of paramount importance. Um, so there's going to be some really interesting gamesmanship when that comes out. That will be interesting. I am a little bit worried as someone who probably ends up on that panel and you too as well. The reaction for that is going to be interesting. There's a lot of money on the line for something like that. You know, I, I will say Smash World Tour last year because of the pandemic also did have a panel. You're right. Um, that was pretty similar. Mm -hmm. uh, a panel that... Uh, I mean, hey, I didn't have to sign an NDA with this company. Um, a panel that I solely ran, basically. Um, and I had heard no <laughs> issues. I really didn't hear. Honestly, I will say this. Here, how about this? You know, if you are if you watch the show, you know that we know our players. And we are usually up on, on players before they get big. Let me, let me leak two pieces of information um, about non-Nintendo companies. Um, is that, uh, number one, I told Aiden to put JMook in SCL season two. He denied. So when you see him talk about how he's the biggest JMook fan, Ooh. understand what that means. Um, secondly, I reached out to JMook and I said, hey man, I'm making the, the, the panel. I'm like, I'm doing the panel. I'm making the list of players to go to the special tour qualifier. Just enter another an online thing. I just need you to enter like more online. And then he didn't, he didn't respond. I even messaged him and I was like, we already picked our people. If you want to come as an alternate in case someone drops out, you can come play friendlies, get free food, nothing. And then Maybe he goes, to the, he goes to the manager. finals. 
I probably, you know what? I, I probably needed to reach out to whatever manager he might have. Um, but it's hard to say with managers, right? You know, that could change pretty soon. Oh I wouldn't God. be surprised if Jay Mook had a new manager in the, in the near future, but uh, who's to, to say? I've been trying to come up with a movie that describes your relationship. Like, I think... Yes, huh? What, like, like what I want to say, I want to say the talented Mr. Ripley, and you're Philip Seymour Hoffman. Um, Jake, I really appreciate being called Philip Seymour Hoffman. Did I ever tell you? I told, uh, I told my friend one time that I, I was like, "What if for every Halloween now, I just go as a different Philip Seymour Hoffman character?" <laughs> um, and he said that'd be great, but I think you have to move to New York. He's like, "I think that no, no other uh, city in America funny. would would put up with that." It could be a great costume. You just did Synecdoche in New York one year. I, I, it, they're like, oh, you're Truman Capote. And I'm like, no. <laughs> I'm Philip Seymour Hoffman as Truman Capote. No, I would definitely get the uh, shit kicked out of me. Um, but hey, that's, that's art right there. Uh, what were we talking about? Talking of about course, we were the talking panel. About we were talking about panel. The panel will be very interesting because I, I, you're right. I do think it's a lot of second chance opportunities for this. Um, of course, there's a lot of slots up for grabs, and, and, and um, as far as I'm aware, these would be available slots. So let's say HBox gets, uh, <laughs> hey, let's say HBox gets first at the big house. Let's create a okay. fun scenario here, uh, yeah. and he's already qualified. I imagine, as far as I know, uh, that that would be, you know, he would not take that slot and it would keep going down. Um, so he yeah, it'll be it'll be a cool opportunity. Spots. H- yeah, Hbox with the uh, Infinity Gauntlet or whatever he just said. Like when you're you're playing the CPU tournament at your house and you just got like four of the spots. We're willing to stay existence, aren't we? Yeah, that's gonna rule. But yeah, anyway, I... my long point is that I think that the panel is a very interesting way of doing this because I think it'll it's a course correct, right? There are there you know maybe um, maybe Mango doesn't ever get in a qualifying spot. Uh, but he has wins on Jmook, and he's got wins on SFAD, and he's got wins on a bunch of people um, who maybe, maybe have qualified, maybe he be does picked have by the to panel. go to some. I am hearing that he does actually have to go to some events. <laughs> you know what? Mango we'll see what not, happens. Mango is not the player right now who uh, needs to be made fun of for not going to events. No, Mango... no, no. I think he goes to saving Mr. Lombardi. I think he. I think he gets on that one. I think he also makes it a big house. He's signed Gommel. up for Gommel, right? You going to Gommel? He signed up. Yeah, he Gommel's he, so hard. Gommel, reached... you've got to be top two to qualify. It's gonna be insane. Um, well, how about this? Let's talk about the people who we have here because this is the first one. There are three slots up for grabs. That's this right. is one of the the very few tournaments that have three slots. So this is definitely a chance um, for someone to make a big run. However, this is the first tournament, so no one is currently qualified. We've got. Without Leffen, without IBW, we've got a little bit of an interesting thing here. I think that there are two definite contenders um, for those slots. And then after that, it gets a little wider. Um, I'm going to be... How about this? There are three of us here. Mm-hmm. Why don't we just be egalitarian about this? Um, Jake, who do you, who do you think is going to make it? Oh, I don't we, want the first one. Well, you oh, are you saying I, I get Jake. to pick all three is what you're saying, right? No, pick one because you pick don't want one. the last one. Okay, so we talked about this, that there are some players that have easier brackets than others. Like, True. In a situation where you can beat Plup and you're, let's say, for example, Magi, and you just get that win, we've seen it sort of before, you know? Then Magi qualifies. That's basically it. Magi, if I look at her bracket, 
because she is seated to play Leffen, and Leffen will not be there. Magi has to beat Sharks, which is not easy. Then Panda, not easy. And then like some mix of Webbins, Prof, Tsunami, Poppy, somebody. But that's already winner seven. Never mind. Right? That sounds uh, that sounds like the most difficult thing I've heard in the world. Yeah, but then there's oh, Magi has to beat Webbins. Yeah, Axe has to beat Cam. Specifically, that's horrifying. Axe has, Axe to, has to beat Cam and HBox, mm. and that's to get him to semis. Like Axe does not have a very fun draw. Is really yeah, my you, point here. You know, it's funny you mention that because, like, weirdly enough, Pikachu I think is one of the matchups that like Ken Cam was very like not uh super comfortable with. But I think heading to an event like CEO, like he's such a solid all-around fox that I could see like like someone like Ken will probably see someone like Axe coming up in this bracket. And more often than not, like because his foundation is so good and he knows who a potential opponent will be, I feel like Ken will like kind of go into that, like not like having shored up a lot of his like matchup knowledge, right? So it, it, essentially, yeah, I, I I agree with you that Kem is pretty scary for Axe, but I do think it's funny because like if you ask Kem, I don't think Pikachu's a matchup he particularly likes a lot or like mm -hmm. feels very comfortable, and he he tends to kind of like tilt against uh, some of the worst characters. But I think, but I think for Axe specifically, yeah, that's that's horrifying. That's it's like horrifying a lot. But I do have to say, probably the odds-on favorites are Plup and Hbox. And probably, you know, out of three, I do pick Crudo. There are some players that I like to make that. Crudo does not have the mm -hmm. best bracket. Crudo has early plup in quarters. It'd be a little bit easier yeah. if you did not have that. KGH is a really interesting one because KGH has Smash Daddy. Then, well, that that's makes an... Smash Daddy an interesting one, too. Exactly. I mean, Smash Daddy, yeah. another one. But yeah. the reason I bring up KGH is because KGH has beaten HBox a couple times online recently online what does that yeah. mean no well, one knows I mean, anymore um jake of course there's no way to play melee online well i mean of course i um, mean this is this is all like you oh know my if you, God. If you run it like espn you know the, with the simulations and everything like that you know yeah. i tend to think kj oh would do God. very well like <laughs> just from what i know of them um, yeah, you know, just just all vibes, it makes sense. And then the, KJH would have basically the Vu, Akir, Peach Pants side of, of quarters. Mm -hmm. That would be like a quarters match. And then HBox. Let me talk about HBox's 2020 and 2021. Um, H-Feast. He had not... For a while, there was a time where he was not doing well. Um, of course, we could not have LAN tournaments because of COVID. And like I said, of course, there's no way to play Melee online. Um, so just judging by his uh, non-tournament LAN, non-LAN tournament sets, non-LAN, non-tournament. Yeah, you events that online before uh, the tournament on LAN. How do... I, I think that HBox is going to be someone who he's always had a target on his back. But this this is like we've talked about HBox coming back, right? We we talked about we're not a, we're not really sure he's going to go into this match and he's going to oh yeah he's, is he going to lose to Otez in uh like round of sixty four right? That's that's not really the HBox we see anymore. We we see a, a different beast. Um, I think he's he's got an incredible shot to make it. This is a really good field for him, honestly. There's a really good shot that he takes this whole thing and then we get a whole tweet tirade about how he needs to be seated higher despite the fact that he did not beat any of the people who is, who have beaten him recently. That um, rules. Not I'm just so beaten excited. him, but like... Like, like whooped him. Knacked him down repeatedly. I'm so excited for... And that's the thing. I don't think people realize that now HBox is de facto 
second seed behind Plup with a pretty fun bracket. And we'll see what happens. I don't know. This this might be, you know, HBox winning his first big event in a while. And, you know, that so I think, out. So I think all three of us uh, agree that HBox and Plup in some order are going to take mm-hmm. the top two spots. The question I, I think what what a what I'm curious about is like who will take the third spot, right? Yeah. So, Chroma, gun to your head, who's taking the third spot? Crudo. Okay. Crudo. All right. Wheat. I've moved the gun and moved it over to to you. Oh, we're sitting next to each other. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's like that scene in the, oh, the yeah. Deer Hunter. Um. That, they were playing Russian roulette in that scene. Yeah, but he's. Oh, I guess he's pointing. Up. Okay, whatever. Ignore would, the. Okay, so you in this situation, you hand the gun to me. Yes, I'm handing yes. you the gun. And so I, it's okay, not I'm Edwin. So I okay, I have the gun. I put it to my temple. Well, first off, I, I uh, you know take out the barrel and I spin it around. I put it up to my head. And you're screaming at me. That's how it goes in the yeah. movie. You're screaming at me. You're slapping me. Uh, and then eventually, I, I guess I say crudo, and then I, I, I just get the click, no bullet. Um, I would also say crudo, crudo, crudo's the hot one. Hey, can crudo take on Axe currently? I, I'm not sure. Is he gonna face Axe in the qualifying match for that third spot? We have not seen that yet, right? Like Axe is the big question mark here. Axe, I think, is probably the next most Axe. logical answer. Max did um, beat Crudo at Riptide, just to be very fair here. It's a different beast, Crudo. Crudo's a yeah, hey, he's talented and now. handsome. Crudo, he's different. Um, I think maybe maybe are this are this three people trying to give the hot take and saying Crudo? Because I think Axe is actually a pretty smart pick here. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, he's someone who constantly by little nerds like us kind of tends to get underrated um, just because it's like, oh, he can't. He's not top 10 anymore. He can't do this. He can still beat a lot of people. He's got problem matchups, but he's got a lot of matchups later in bracket that aren't too bad for him. So as someone like Crudo, someone who, you know, probably doesn't have Pikachu experience, um, is that someone who's scary for him? Probably as scary as anyone else in this bracket for Axe, so it's hard to really say. But I will pick Crudo. Uh, I I have faith in that man. I, I mean, he's the, the new hotness. I'm going to gonna go with that. My right, main Edwin, point about- Edwin, you put the, your own gun to your head. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm going to go with Kem. I think that guy is hella solid. I think he's just, like, good in so many matchups. I think I think his Fox is just, like, good in every area. And I think, like, I, I think I, I almost feel like uh, even if he loses to uh, even if he loses to Axe, he's projected to play one of Crudo or, or uh, one of Crudo or Plup and Losers. And I, I actually think, like, that's pretty scary. I Like, I, I agree that Crudo is, like, amazing, but I just think he has kind of a tough bracket. And I think Kem, both his paths to a top eight are very doable, whether it's in winners or, or in losers. Like, I just think Kem is, I just think very highly of him. Like, I view him, uh, I view him and his trajectory and his potential, like, low-key on the same path of someone like Zealot or someone like Zamu. I don't think he's very far off. Like, I, I, um... And I think, like, obviously for someone like Kem, who we rarely see at, like, very big tournaments outside of Tri-State, I think a performance like this could really, like, kind of elevate his name and the scene to broader standing. So I'm going to go with him. It's funny. I think possibly Crudo's best chance is not playing Kem. 
if you know like crudo beating plup would be really hard crudo mm-hmm. i think yeah crudo is seated to play chem for top eight and for that not to happen chem has to beat axe and then you know chem versus axe chem versus hbox that's there's room there for a Cinderella, you know, for a Cinderella run. I think it's important just to contextualize, like, as good as Axe is, as strong of a player as we know that he is. He did just come back from, a, you know, low LTC, right? Yeah, low, yeah. low tide city. Yeah, low tide city, that's right. Pipsqueak gave him the hands. He, Still he got whooped by Pipsqueak, and I mean that with all respect and yeah. you know, with all bias yeah. because he is our melee stats, our son. Um, and then he loses to Mech, which... I don't know about you guys. It reminded me a little bit about like either the Wizrobe loss or if I have to remember the Gravy loss, like kind of 2015, 2016. Yeah, like, yeah, that's a throwback. Yeah, like when def- Gravy defensive Falcon versus Pika is really, really annoying looking sometimes, and I think that's a testament to Mech, right? Well, Mech, Dude, he like um, need him at 61 and di- and, uh, and 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 just died. It was yeah. the most random yeah. ending to the set. It's rough out there. Yeah, no, I just did not love Axe's bracket. However, it kind of chalked up. Hbox is a really horrific draw, honestly. Um, and if I'm Axe, I'm probably pretty upset that they wouldn't reseed because it's a huge difference. Well, for, yeah, I mean, it's like hopeless against Hbox, I think. Like, at this bad. point, it it looks so bad. It's what one in twenty four. It's not good. Something like. Something like that. Like, like it, it looks like the the way Axe Hbox trended before the pandemic was literally like, like I like I know Axe had beaten him, but it literally looked worse than like Axe versus Armada for stretches. Like just pure like. I mean, work. we have players who we consider top ten players all time who have not been playing in the span where Axe beat Hbox. Right. <laughs> that is, they have yeah. entered the scene post Axe beating Hbox. We have Zane. IBW, you know, not top 10, but top 20 all time, probably. Um, we've got so many players who have just like kicked everyone's shit in who literally were not, uh, they were not in the scene to witness the last time that Axe beat Hbox. It is definitely, it's that, you know, it's a fun little note of history, but at this point, there's nothing about that one MLG Anaheim set that makes me believe that this matchup is not going to be incredible hell for Axe. But, but yeah, it's, um, Kem is an interesting pick. Kem, I think, is a really good one because I think he's really scary in a lot of these matchups. I mean, he beat Facerall at Function. Uh, I think it's very possible for him to beat Crudo. And, like, in a weird, warped way, um, I probably would say that uh, Crudo would be more afraid of Kem than, like, a stereotypically better Fox player. <laughs> There's something about, like... Kem so good versus Facerall. It was nuts. Yeah. He is just zoned in. I mean, Kem, hey, we talk about the face roll win, of course, and, and this is going to sound dated as hell, but a 2020 LAN pre-pandemic win, he beat Swedish at the first nightclub. That's right. Like, he he has been taking names. Um, yeah, if, if, he gets a, if he gets a bracket where he gets these matchups that he wants, I think Kem's a really good shot. Um, but, of course, you know, we'll, we'll have to end up seeing. Um, we, we talked about top three here because we're talking about Panda Cup. But let's let's up the ante. Let's do top one um, because this is something that we kind of alluded to about the chances. But it's still an interesting thing to me. We are prop. I mean, I think. Can I can I uh, just make an assumption? Did we all assume that Grand Finals was going to be Plup Hbox? Yeah. OK. Yeah. Um, Plup Hbox, I think, you know, there is history there. We've all remember the plup sets where he wins. 
uh, and we all collectively don't remember the HBox sets that he wins. So it seems a little more even than the data will tell. But the data shows this. They're one and one this year. Two pretty close sets. So I don't know. How do you guys do this? Is this a toss-up or is this something that maybe kind of rolls back to the more uh, HBox heavy set history that they've had? Jake, what do you think about this? I think to all credit to HBox, this is plot favored. But I also feel like HGOD is just going to take this home. Uh, you just get that feeling. He's in Florida. He's at his maximum power. No one's going to... I'm not going to say that. He's not um, going to be wearing his shoes, most likely. Yeah, his shoes. It's his shoes that he's not going to be wearing, right? Um, yeah, no, I think he absolutely just clutches this thing out. And it is brutal and bloody and just just beautiful. And we're gonna we're all going to have to watch that. It's going to be 115 decibel plus pop-off if he gets it, though. Because it's his yeah. first win in a while. I I have my uh, my decibel counter. I don't know about you. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna be on the plane on the way home by then. Actually, <laughs> I've got a like I couldn't I you know I actually couldn't really stay this at like the Sunday at all. This was put mm. together kind of last minute, right? So oh, unfortunately, I'm gonna be missing top eight. But um, that's gonna be pina colada day. I heard. I know. I know. Saturday night. That is always Saturday night. <laughs> that's that's your big day though, Sunday. I've got to show off Sunday. Um, I mean, all great rockers show up uh, hungover. Now, of course, I've never had a drop of alcohol in my life. Of course not. Uh, and uh, I'm not a rock star. <laughs> and just, uh, I actually hate music of all of all sorts. Um, we know this. Rock and roll to, music. Rock and roll music is the devil's music. Um, just to I'm summarize for... my take, it's Sunday. You can't count out touchdown Juan in Florida. True. Very true. You know, this There's is all very telling. Uh, but it also, you know, well, Hit I don't even, butt. I'm trying to find one. I don't think it's there. <laughs> <laughs> like the thing is, if there if if there's like other top level competition there, I think it becomes interesting, right? Because then, like Plup's path to potentially winning, it might go through someone else. Maybe Plup plays Zane, or Plup plays IBDW, or we see Plup Leffen. We haven't seen that in a while. Maybe we see, but it's like no. For Plup to win this event, almost assuredly, like all paths will lead to Hungry Box, and the same goes for and the, the same goes for Hungry Box. And if it doesn't go for him, like what? Who who are his hardest opponents here that could beat him? Like Crudo, maybe. Like I, I guess it's not that crazy. Yeah. I feel like Plup or H Box. No, for H Box, like I don't know who. Like I feel like H Box is just yeah. there's like like all like it's going. It's going to lead to HBox Plup, but I think the kind of conditions where those two are such favorites to get into winners finals, this is just a sneaking suspicion. I feel like that has to favor HBox. That's so scary. I feel like that, like like if HBox only has to basically serious like this is what I think is going to happen. Okay, I think HBox is going to play Chem in winners court in winners quarters or something, and he's gonna he's gonna barely beat Chem, sort of yeah. like in a similar set to Null, and he's gonna pop off. Then I think he's gonna play. Who's he playing this like winner winner semis after? Maybe Smash Daddy or KGH or yeah, Vu he, or something. Yeah, he's gonna play like Smash Daddy or something and destroy him like three zero. Then he's gonna play Plup. I think Plup's gonna take game one. Hbox is gonna like three stock or four stock him game two and just like double two stock him to end the set. And then Plup's gonna play him in grands. Plup's gonna play him first set of grams. Hbox is gonna four stock him or something game one and then just three zero him. So yeah, I just uh. You know, would it be crazy if if Plup beat him? I guess not, but I just feel like this is like all the 
the stars are aligning. Hungrybox is coming back to Florida. Like, there's one person who's really scared of him. Maybe like two other people who can who can bring him close. Yeah, this is this is a this is H God territory. I think he's winning it. Like, I'm definitely in the cope step where I'm like, oh well, you know, KGH could beat him. Vu could beat him. The Falcos are saying Vu could beat him. Kem could beat him. Maybe Komodo's gonna play really really well in the Puff Ditto. Crudo's played him a bunch, but Crudo's nowhere near mid bracket. And you know. HBox has really not given the upset lookers a lot of hope on land. No. I mean, you know, Ben Riptide game five was not close, if I remember right. Noel was well, the closest. That ben, hurt me in my every soul. Every other Ben set was a lot, uh, a lot more HBox favored. Yeah, yeah. They, they have played yeah, on land since. It is, it is not, uh, not yeah. the same thing that we were hyping it up to be. That's what I'm saying. Beat him, right? Like, and with with a run back, with like, yeah, like that's it. Right, for, the, for, the for the grace of God, though, and I mean, you know, True. all props to none, right? But that was... Through the, through the grace of uh, holding up. <laughs> I'm not going to say I'm not going to say anything. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's this is an interesting thing, right? Because this is these are two different players who kind of are both looking for a big win to be put back in the conversation. I think the way that HBox has been operating this year has been very... Um, very consistent it's been coming in getting third getting hey maybe getting second you know maybe getting fourth or whatever but but you know really really keep putting himself in situations uh, where he is he is always going to be in the mix um now the unfortunate thing is that whoever is also in the mix tends to just destroy him uh plup is, is pretty different on the other hand we've seen a range of plup performances I mean, we saw him get eliminated by Ginger at what? 13th at Genesis. Um, but we've also seen him get second at Summit. We've seen higher peaks, lower valleys than we've seen HBox have. So I think Plup's, what Plup is playing for here is the ability to prove that he has it. Um, and that he, you know, we talk about rankings. The way that I'm looking at rankings right now is that uh, HBox has hired you until proven otherwise, because that is how consistent he has been. Now we've seen players like Leffen come in, smack him up, and you know smack up other people. Um, if Plup can do that, Plup's resume looks better for the year. You get that you know nice juicy CEO in, even if it is over HBox, but that's a big thing. Um, and then of course we talk about HBox. This is the guy. This is the number one three years in a row. The only person to do that for the MPGR. And uh, we are kind of looking to see what kind of guy we're seeing because the guy that we've been seeing as of late is not that number one player. So it'll be interesting to see because this is an event that whoever wins, I do think it'll make their, it'll put their year into a, a, a more generous perspective. And there's definitely a lot going forward, even if it's just over another player, right? It's just one other player. Um, so yeah, I, I might pick HBox as well. There's probably no other player in the world that benefits as much as HBox from IBW and Leffen dropping. It's true. I mean, the funny thing, and this is going to go into our next question, so I'll leave it there, is that we were we had so many questions about what HBox would do post-pandemic, you know, mm-hmm. based on the data that we mysteriously have. Yeah, we, you know, we can't. You know. I mean, yeah, we just kind of make up, like, what we right. think would happen. Um, right. I think that Ben would have, like, 11 sets on HBox. Right. It was It was really weird, right? Um, and then he shows up, and honestly, I think he plays much better than he has for a while. The problem is that, you know, 
IBW and Zane are just playing at this otherworldly level now. And Leffen's beating him a bunch of times. And Plup, it remains to be seen. Mango, huge question, right? So you're in a situation where HBox is actually playing much better than I thought, but he may not have a legitimate chance for number one again as things stand. But this would really mm-hmm. be the first step, right? It would be, you know, if he, uh, I mean, being well, negative on the year on Leffen, on Zane, on IBW, on uh, Plup, that is something where it's hard to prove yourself that you are a player who deserves to be placed in the top four in the top five right you your resume is starting to get a little stretched when you get to that point and not only that for hbox think about what this means right you look at the skies like list of major victories like a third of them are over plup if he can't like this is this is what we this is like classic 2019 hbox right even when he's not at his best we've seen him like go to so many big tournaments where he just beats plup twice and like another another top five, top six player or whatever and wins, but he beats like Plup and Axe or something to win a tournament. This is like in H-Box's element. So I also want to add like just for him personally, you know, like this is the kind of comfort zone that 2017 to 2019 H-Box eats up. And if he can't do it in 2022, this mm-hmm. is a fun, like we already know this is a fundamentally different player than the H-Box of the past. But like this is as close as you can get to creating conditions to where we can see a glimpse of 2019 H box, right? And if he can't capitalize on that, I almost think it's like a, you know, I don't I don't want to get too arm armchair or whatever, but but it but right, like if you're gonna manufacture an H box victory to like get to uh, hype him up at the end of the first half of the year, this is the tournament that that's it, right? He, he doesn't get any better better than this for him. If, if if you get if Edwin Budding gets the king to the, uh, the the keys to the castle, and is told, you know, Team Liquid says, "Hey, Edwin, we're taking you aside. Um, we need an HBox win to instill confidence in HFAM. Uh, hey, we, the HFAM, they're just getting you know uh, a little restless. We need you to bring everyone together. We need morale. We need a morale booster. I think this is the tournament that you do. Yes, right." <laughs> Everything this included, is, this including is the, IBW and Leffen dropping out. <laughs> That's literally like how this would go. Like, I, maybe you th- you throw S2J in there, right? Maybe you throw SFAT. There's like very few other players who I think would be thrown in to like make this win look more uh, like look a lot better, but also not really fundamentally change Xbox's ch- uh, chances yeah, to win. I mean, Nothing against I mean, SJ and SFAT, but like... It's classic Edwin and Wheat in, in the venue, like sitting together, and then as soon as like losers find, loser semis end, we get up and we leave early, right? Like this is a, this is a classic. <laughs> I would never do that. I love Melee and I yeah, love seeing... I would never not watch a top eight broadcast brought to us by Panda Cup. Um, <laughs> what was I... Yeah, so two quick points. Number one, I think you might throw Mego in there too. Well, at this point, at this oh, point you yeah. Those yeah, so sets right. look bad. So not close currently. Number two, um, I still think there is a road for HBox, even if he loses this event. I think he could still have second on the year because the one thing that he is, that nobody in that tier really is besides Zane, is undeniably consistent. It's reliable. Very true. IBDW's got some weird losses, and we're going to talk about whether they should count or not. You know, Leffen, it's unclear exactly what's going to happen. You know, activity and overall records at the end of the year. Uh, Plup, again, you know, there are some serious questions there, depending on how active 
and how how many people beat him. It's it's going to be weird. Hbox might end up clutching out like second on consistency. So to go to why um, no uh, no matches are going to count anymore. <laughs> yes, there there there's definitely a a little bit of a sea change that we've been seeing in how everything's been operating. By the way, really quickly, I just want to say um, also something to throw this on the mix as being a uh, tournament that is almost exclusively taylor for hbox to win this is a ceo this is a florida tournament that does not feature wizzy i know that he is not currently living in florida but i mean come on if you want hbox to win a ceo this is this is a damn good way to to fix it um hbox wins a round of hbox wins for everyone um but yeah what does this mean for the mpgr because we are we are seeing a lot of interesting things obviously um you know, we, we can talk to our faces are blue about who is the best, who is going to be whatever. Um, but there are things that are going on outside of that that have been a little interesting. Um, we obviously are looking at a couple DQs here, and this is not something that is unique to this tournament. We've been seeing some sort of uh, lack <laughs> of attendance from, from some top players. We've seen DQs. We've seen not signing up. We, we've seen um, people you know, saying, oh, I'm not going to attend this thing. Um, and it's interesting because this is the first time that we are going to see an, an ordered list since 2019, since the 2019 uh, Top 100. So there are definitely some some things that are up in there, some questions. And uh, we had we had some stuff that was clarified by pg stats earlier um through practical tasks so there are some small changes that are going to be made and i think the one that interests all of us is the one about locals locals is is definitely a contentious thing um in the past i I know that uh, we i mean i'll speak for myself i know that i have always been a proponent of counting locals as far as data sets go Um, if the individual person doesn't count it who cares but but i think it is important information to be given um yeah basically what the the uh what the new rules are is that like it's kind of voicing what was already known um but it's like yeah i mean take a feel free to look at locals but they're not required um and this is interesting because this is something that we've already basically been doing and putting it into words is very good but it has emboldened some people we've been seeing some uh some goalposts that are, are being pushed around a little bit they're being trying to nudge out of the ground um chroma you have been, you know, you've been obviously following the scene for a very long time. You've seen the top 100 go from SSBM rank to MPGR. You've seen it all. Um, what are your thoughts on on some of the the new? Do you want to do you want to run through some of these changes and, and talk about what's been proposed by uh, some of our our lovely top players? So I was stalling a bit because I'm trying to find uh, PTAS's modified prompt, um, but just to come back to it. Yeah, I mean, I planted my sticks pretty firmly into the ground compared to basically everybody else when saying locals should count a little bit. There's a competition going on. To some extent, this should count. But mostly, I was just worried that I was just going to lose an Overton window fight, right? So now we're at this point where players are saying, you know, I don't think regionals should count. I was just experimenting and then just, you know, I've never considered regionals mattering. I've never considered those wins good. Uh, That's not how everybody else feels. I mean, you know, to delegitimize regionals is a really weird thing in my brain locals fine i give up i give up you know aggregate to a local pr and call it a day right we've clearly lost that fight which is annoying 
because top players insisted that their weird one-time loss to like you know if i say a player then they're gonna then we're gonna know who i'm talking about <laughs> but um let's say nick yingling right so if nick beats you one out of 80 times this does not matter it never mattered it's not a big deal right but they convinced themselves it did to the point where like amsa said and i think i keep talking about this every time i'm on where amsa where Somebody was saying, yeah, I heard Amsa doesn't enter locals anymore because he's so convinced that locals will hurt his rank because they will. And Amsa's like, yeah, that's not that's not true. That's not true at all. And they're like, well, wouldn't, isn't that wild that I thought that? <laughs> so I'm really frustrated. I think there's absolutely no chance we don't count regionals. I, I, can, I will not hear this. If you want to count majors more in some sense, sure, fine, whatever. I also dislike. Well, anyway, okay. Let's let's just go to let's go to PTAS. I'm going to his Twitter Let, right now. Let's go to the prompt. Um, I have let's it right to, here. Let's go to the prompt. Yeah. So um, so this is. I mean, for for those who don't know the way that we do the top 100, um, or the top 50, uh, uh, or top whatever, um, is that there is a panel of people that are asked to rank players, and there's always a prompt, right? You know, basically you're you are going to be obviously trying to to get a grasp of someone's skill or how well they did during the year. Um, but there is a always something that's put into words and, and that, that prompt has changed this year just a little bit. Um, so for years, there was this old uh, holdover from the SSBM rank days, which was uh, like, imagine a tournament is held every weekend based on these results. Uh, how would you feel? Um, so we've moved to, uh, to a different prompt. I think that that was the biggest difference, but let me just read it out for everyone. So this that's is based so on the quality and quantity of results from, start date to end date uh rate each player on a scale of 10 to 4 just for algorithm purposes um who performed the best offline events over the course of the season you may give benefit of the doubt to players who attended more events during the ranking period you are expected to consider the results at regionals and majors you may consider their results at out of region events you may just consider the results... their out of region refers to like united states versus europe true yes there are yeah. this is a north american top 50 but there will be players who have been to enough events in north america uh, your Leffens, your Joshmans, your Ampsas. So, so this is yeah, that's a that's a good call. Um, you may consider their results at serious invitationals, but keep in mind that players who qualified for reasons other than merit received an opportunity they otherwise may have gotten. Uh, and you may consider their results at locals only if they lack sufficient data for you to make an informed judgment without local results. So that is an interesting thing because I um I think that there is there is a way that that I personally um, have been doing my ballot, which uh, I think of it, it's like a building block, right? You know, you've got the, let's, let's talk about the, um, the food pyramid that I think is like eight food pyramids old. And it's the one that says you should eat eight pounds of bread a day. That one rules. I love it. <laughs> so there's, there's one huge thing at the bottom. And in my mind, that's the majors. I think that you should count majors the most because majors are most important. If, if you go to Genesis, you want to win, right? Like, I don't care what's happening. You are, you are making sure um, that your opportunities to win are better than they would be at your um, bar local on Tuesday, right? There, there is a difference to that. I understand that. Um, and I think it goes from there where like the smaller term it gets. Um, I do think that it gets a little less important in terms of that, but I honestly, I think it all in my mind, I, I think all this data is useful. Um, currently, let's talk about um, let's talk about a player right now who's got really uh, who's got local results that I think would 
really make or break their year. This is S2J. Yeah. S2J has won seven straight sets off of fiction. He is currently eight and three of fiction on the year. And these are all from locals. These are two of the top 25, 30 best players in the world. Uh, And this really colors S2J's results because S2J's results this year were fine. They were good. He's got, um, you know, he lost to Moki at Genesis. He beat Moki at Battle BC. He's got an upset to soon say he lost to Spark. Uh, he beat KJX Falco. These are are results that in of themselves don't really tell you maybe as much as, you know, as you might want to know. What does this mean? These are results that probably like 10 different people could get. Um, so the idea of putting those results in context and saying, in addition to those results, he also has an eight and three record with another player who's in this tier. Um, suddenly that makes me feel a little better about those results and makes me see, okay, so you have a Moki win and you have all this, right? It is, it is definitely a contextualizer for me. And uh, I think the, the interesting thing here is that when we talk about locals, when we talk about regionals, the people who are always upset, what ranking are they generally fellas? They're pretty high. I think they're pretty high. They're pretty high. You don't talk. The 99th yeah. person doesn't say, I only wish majors counted. Um, Kadorian got 70th last year. Kadorian is an extremely good player. Or 2019. Kadorian is an extremely good player. And he's a player that we got to see his rise because we recognized him on the original uh, 2019 Top 100. I think that if we don't count his local wins... Does his 33rd at big events, does that really move the needle? Who's to say? Edwin, you have been obviously a balloter for a long time. What do you think about all this? Yeah, so I'm just going to say, look, I, I think we you, you put it well, right? So, like, majors are the most important thing that you have, right? Like, that's where, like, you, you really get a chance to kind of apply, uh, to show that all these other results, like, like, could pay off in something, right? Like, we've seen years where people have great regionals and great local performances, but, but like, they, they have lackluster majors that stop them from getting top 100, even if they get on the nominee list, right? But I think the, the point is that, like, locals and regionals, you need those kinds of things to get you in the door, right? Like, you need those kinds of things to, to get people to start paying attention to you if you start doing well at the, those sorts of events. Now, is winning a pizza time or whatever... Is that, or is winning a Verdugo West going to separate S2J from none? No, but a lot of those may show that SJ and none are, are not that far apart in terms of uh, how they have performed at tournaments where you compete and where you win or where you lose, right? The whole point of going to a tournament as a competitor with other good players is to defeat them in that mm. there's people who can win and there's people who can lose from them and i think it's very frustrating when people in this discussion have in t- have these big ideas on what they think should count the most out of their wins and their losses and because the way that works and the the way like you know people's priorities are as competitors or whatnot like that's like it, that's not going to apply across the field it's easy for you to sit or it's easy for someone to sit there who is a top five or top 10 player and say, well, you know, at regionals, I experiment because I go to seven majors a year and those take all my attention. But if you're a top 50 player or you're someone trying to get your name on the ballot, you're not going to eight majors a year. You're going to maybe two, if, if not one, you're getting your chances at like 
beating good players and getting good experience by playing at regionals without something like regionals, like, like even, even saying the idea of, well, like we shouldn't count regionals if there's sufficient major data. Who does that apply to? How many players are we talking about here? We're talking about maybe 10 or 12 where, where that, like, where that might be there. There's many more players with a chance of getting ranked and with a chance of getting recognition that would benefit from having regionals counted. Maybe not the same as majors, but having them counted in some way. The, the idea that someone would say like, the, the idea that like, look, look, I'm just gonna say it. Like the idea that Cody would say like, you know, what? like that's very much from his perspective of, of being a top five player, right? But for someone like B-Bats, like to, to not count like, his victory at Creed or to count his great nightclub performances or whatever. Like the idea that like, the, like there's many more players who would benefit from going to a lot of regionals and getting good results at them versus a, like this idea that like we should like, it's, it's pre it presupposes so many things, right? So many things that only apply to a small group of players. The rankings are not supposed to cater to them. The rankings are supposed to be a list of, it's supposed to be like a report card for players and how they perform at tournaments that they that they try at. And ultimately, like I look, I'm just gonna say if you go to a tournament and you compete, you are trying in some capacity. Maybe not the same as you would try at a super major if you're a top five player. But if you're a top fifty player or top sixty player, like is defeating Kadoran at a at a I don't know why you keep going at a pizza pizza time, but like pizza time or lawless, pizza. like is pizza is that, on the brain, by the way. Does it pizza time did lose the venue? Oh, okay. Yeah. Just, just to, just to cut in, uh, shout out to Georgie and everybody in San Diego. A uh, pizza time did actually. They sold the uh, restaurant. Okay. Imagine you're on a salty platoon. Yes. Uh, which be probably cool. also. Yeah, like, like, yeah. yeah beating Kadoran at Genesis would would mean more, but it should still mean something if you beat 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 him there. Like, you, you yeah. can't just not like. I just, I think, I think the fact that you would presuppose the idea that like, well, like everybody goes to majors or whatever, or like. Where it's like so clearly just a small group of people. Like that's not the rankings are not just meant to cater or like re- reflect those suppositions. I, suppositions or whatever. I, I don't know. It's just like it really bothers me when, when people talk about it like this. No, I agree. Um I went through all the discourse and I'm back down to, to Zen mode. First of all, yeah, I mean, yes, people are experimenting at locals and we should encourage them to enter while they're experimenting. That's an interesting consideration. But like Josh Men and Kadoran have played three sets. One of them happened on a bigger stage than the other two. Kadoran won that one. Does that matter more? That's an interesting question. I'm not sure the other two shouldn't just not count. I think when you look back at it, like when I look back through what Cody's saying here, just explicitly from his words, um, and he'd probably also agree that like, you know, if you don't have enough larger events, which is true for most of the scene, majors are not cheap to get to. How you do is very dependent on your bracket look and how you play that one day, whereas top players who are professionals end up at a lot more of these events then, you know, Cody will probably meet us halfway and say, yes, for them, regionals should count. The thing that I think we should talk about is, and Edwin, you've responded to this. Cody said this, and this keeps coming up, um, and it's a topic that that we should probably talk about again because it keeps coming up. Cody says, yeah, my issue is if I'm going to get penalized for going to function or nightclub, and then he says in parentheses, which I indisputably... I have literally nothing to gain from, then I can't fundamentally support my region by entering. It disincent- it just disincentivizes top players from entering smaller events, which sucks in his opinion. Now, I want to, first of all, contest those two specific events. Nightclub, 
he beat Polish. That was huge. And if he beat Aklo twice, those are huge, huge wins. Top 10, top 15 wins. And if he beats everybody else, like Swooper, Scarzo, you know, a bunch of other people who were there, Slug was there, Mont Money's there. Those are huge wins, and that's going to really help your resume. You're gaining a bunch of ELO points, even if, you know, we don't use ELO, but just think about it in terms of ELO for right, people right. to do. You gain a couple points every time you do that. You lose more if you lose. But altogether, you know, you know, you're not, you're not hurt more for losing as much as you would expect yeah, to versus those players, <laughs> right? Like people might make fun of you for losing to Swooper, but if you beat 15 people like the Swooper <laughs> and only lose to the Swooper, that's still net better for you. And then Nightclub, I mean, he played Moki. Moki yeah. was there. Ginger's there. So you have a situation where he's the top seed. But I think if you run through his expected value of how he does. He thinks there's only one outcome that explicitly helps him and the others hurt him from a ranking sense. And I just need to emphasize that's not true. There, there are a lot of boogeymen when it comes to boogie persons, when it comes boogie to people. ranking. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that that is the big one, right? One, um, there is the idea. There's, there's so many things here. It's the one, just to, just to cut it off really quickly. It's this distinction between, Performing to or underperforming your seed versus performing about how we'd expect from that sort of ranking. There is a lot to be said for someone who is hitting the mark pretty consistently, right? When and, and that goes a long way, even though it might not look like it. I honestly think that there is stuff to gain from here, Jake. You're right. And and I will say this as well. If you are a player who you know, maybe you're trying to min-max it and you're saying, I don't get anything from going to this event. Um, when you go to an event and maybe it doesn't go well, it is a larger percentage of your sets played. Um, if you go to one tournament with a swooper at it and you lose, um, you're going to have a pretty bad record versus the swooper. But if you go to multiple and you are seven and one, then it really doesn't bother me too much. Um, and there's a few things here that I'll say. I want to I want to talk about um, the fiction SJ thing before that I said before, because um, I think I, I left out a really important thing. Is that the way that this colors my my perception of these two players is that I think that I would rank SJ higher than I would have before, and that fiction I don't think I change. Fiction yeah. is a player who has indisputably better results at majors this year than SJ does, but. I think I'd probably put fiction higher by a small amount if locals count and by a probably a little bit of a larger amount if locals don't count. I I want to make it clear that if you are um, Kudorin and you go to an event and uh, Edwin named me a fun SoCal player. Soon say. Uh, Soof. And if Soof is there and Soof takes a set, if you're... 18 and three with Souf at the end of the year. Uh, I'm not about to move Kudorin down to, you know, 14th place instead of 12th or whatever. Um, I, like, there is a lot to be gaining from locals. And this is a conversation that I don't have time for. Not well, This is a full episode. Is that there is something to gain from going to an event that we cannot say in W's and L's, right? There is something for a top five player to attend a local event. There is support. There is framework, right? There's legitimacy. Um, there is so much that is to be gained from an event having a top player. Um, maybe is there a lot to be gained from that top player going? 
maybe not as much, but the overall gain that can come from that is huge. And, and it's something where you got to think outside of yourself. I, so Edwin, um, I think you're kind of hitting on this uh, uh, and I'm switching points. So there's so much to go through here. Um, but mm-hmm. one of the biggest things is that we are working with a framework that is trying to treat every single person equally. And that's not the case, right? Right now, um, basically what it is, is that if you are top 10, you are being treated with the same exact standards as someone who is ni- uh, 91 to 100, um, which I personally, you know, I-, I would rather if it's not like, <laughs> Uh, okay, well, you know, if you're going to place in the top 10, then you have different rules that, that I, I would love if that weren't the case. But we do have issues coming through there. Um, hmm. Because if you are CPU zero, let's say, someone who might be lower end top 100, um, if you are CPU zero, or if you are, you know, just to name a random player, uh, if you are someone who is in that area, it's going to be a lot harder to get to a lot of events. So the MPGR might say, Go to three majors. Go to three majors. Maybe try to hit up some smaller tournaments so you know there's more data. But go to three majors. Maybe they say four. Who knows? Uh, if you are a top player, you know, we've already had so many top players attend three, four majors. Like, in terms of stuff like that, the question might be, what do I get from going to another major? If I'm Zane what do I get from keep going to these majors? Right. And I, I think the issue is that we are working with frameworks that um, it, it is trying to do the same thing with two completely different things. There's, there's no way to, to make it um, standardized, but my solution to that is have a panel full of people who can be trusted. Um, and here's something that I want to say, maybe you guys don't feel the same. This is going to be the last thing I'm going to say on this. And then I'm going to pitch to you guys. Um, if there is a player out there, who got third at the biggest event of the year and won a very stacked uh, invitational. Um, I would probably still put them top three in the world, despite the fact that they had pretty shitty regional results. <laughs> yeah. This is, this is, that's uh, how it goes. There are, yeah. there, it's not, not everything's the same. If you do well at the big ones, maybe it's not a big deal. Why do you do shitty at the small ones? But yeah, I do so have to say. say, right? Like, th- like this is what makes it so frustrating. Like this idea that, like, well, like regional shouldn't like super count. Like, if you have enough major. The thing is, it's like after after Cody won his second straight summit in a row. Literally, none of us cared about the fact that he got ninth at this function dude. Now, the people who beat him should still get credit for their wins. Uh, Ginger winning that tournament, he got he won meaningful sets. He had things to gain from it, even if it's confirming what, even if it's some of it is confirming what we already knew he was capable of doing. And by beating Moki, I, I think that was definitely like a very, very big win for Ginger. But like, as far as Ivy Dub is concerned, if you're winning an invitational, who can, like, nobody after Smash Summit was like, well, like, I don't know if Ivy Dub is top five because uh, he, he got ninth at function. It's like everyone that I talked to, so it's, it's like what Wheat is saying, a lot of these standards, like, Voters follow them. And if they don't, like, you know, the voters talk to each other. But it's representative of how the community weighs these tournaments, right? It's not simply because, you know, IBW or another top five player decreed on their chair that and their throne that they were experimenting at a regional or whatever, right? I mean, like, it's just so ridiculous. The one thing that I do have to say, because I did bring this up earlier, um, when it comes to, let's say, who's second, let's say that it looks like it's going to be Zane number one, 
And now it's the question of who's two. And you have HBox versus IBDW. And IDW has these big wins, um, but a Genesis did not do as well, right? And it's the question of, you know, do you count, let's say, Function or Nightclub enough against him to say that HBox's consistency is higher? Do you penalize HBox for not putting himself out there at some of these regionals the same way IBDW does? I think these are very nervous and fair questions if you're IBDW thinking about them, right? Mm -hmm. And so you're... I think you in that situation, B and Cody, would want to steer this to say, I want two of the big ones. HBox didn't. I'm second. He's third. And I think that's also what's what's coming to play here a little bit. And and just to just to talk about it, there was the there was the night the Genesis, right? It wasn't just function or or nightclub well, or something like that, right? It was uh, third at Genesis. Uh, IBDW? Ninth at pound. Nine pound, excuse me. Nine pound thirty. Right, right. Excuse okay, me. Never mind. You've been kicked. There we go. And by the way, don't even bother to bring your ass to CEO. <laughs> <laughs> right. Man, wow. That's just, you got. You got to get the, the April really throws me right? off. Like in my, br I have to look this up again. I have to look this up again because it's blowing my mind. But I, I think you do have a valid point. Is that it is very. I mean, speaking of valid, it's valid for, for top players to feel this way because um, the way that this is done is pretty laissez-faire. And I think that's in a oh way... I it was Genesis. Of course, he played J-Mook. I'm so sorry. Played J-Mook. Um, played J-Mook twice. I, I think it's in a way that that's pretty intentionally laissez-faire to allow for voters to not feel like they're told what counts and what doesn't. Um, because part of that is that it's impossible to tell someone that... it. <laughs> I think uh, I, this is my conspiracy theory is that like in the time after um, eligibility ends and while voting happens, I think that that those events don't count, but it's hard to count out the perception. Right. Um, right. So it's if I let's say I am watching S2J win seven sets in a row on, at Verdugo, I'm not able to like ludovico technique this from my mind suddenly or just like eternal sunshine it i'm not able to like never believe this happened um it does affect it in some way so i've always been a fan of the sort of laissez-faire thing um but yeah i i guess this does lead to a good question like are there more changes that need to be made to this is is what we're dealing with right now maybe is indicative and maybe are is the top player attendance some of which we've been seeing a lot of dqs some of which we haven't been seeing players go to a lot is this just something that's going to happen from having something like this? Obviously, if you ask Blur, you should never have um, rankings like this at all. But, but but I mean, like, are is there are there new rules that happen? Is there a different framework that needs to be had? Chroma, I don't know if you have any ideas for that. I mean, it's it's food for thought, right? I mean, if we had a situation where we had some sort of tennis rankings based system, I know Blur's thrown this around with the core idea of just incentivizing attendance above everything, you know, like bad performances don't count, bad losses don't count. It's just placements, 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 and just grind as many as you can until you have the number that you want. I mean, that accomplishes a goal of getting top players to enter a bunch. Maybe mm -hmm. that's what they want. Maybe that's not, you know, maybe that's not going to be long-term healthy. I think it's one of those things where we really try and solve this very platonic issue of like who performed the best over the year. Um, and there are a lot of incentives and various other elements of, of scene management that come into it. And these are going to be, you know, outside of the very, you know, seemingly self-serving 
interpretations of the way that top players push back on this counting or that counting or how peaks should be or how longevity, you know, how longevity should be and various ways to kind of warp the narrative around like where you think you should be because everyone thinks they should be two spots higher than they should. There's also some very core conflicts between, you know, what they want, what we want, what's best for the scene, which is a bunch of top players entering as much as they can in a healthy way. I don't know where that ends. It scares me, you know? <laughs> I've always thought that maybe the best thing is if the rankings were just somehow not important, but they they always turn out to be, right? People like lists um, too much, Chroma. Like lists, they like accomplishments. We being, like it. We are, all, we we are like also you, growing up with a... Um, I guess not growing up. We we now have a generation of top players who have grown up through the melee scene with the top 100. Right. Um, it was it was different yeah, in 2013 yeah. or 2014 because there was some there was already the set in mind. Um, you listen to Cody. I think Cody's really uh, he's very interesting to oh God. I say interesting all the time to this episode. Um, he he is a, a player to watch that has always um, like tickled me in a way because it is very funny how like ranking centric he is and how he feels like he is um someone who would be like our crew right someone who is very knowledgeable about set history very like wary um of like oh well this person you know they they don't do well against that um but he is also a top five player um and I, I've seen his, like, I think, hey, top player ballots, we've seen them all. Cody is uh, by far probably one of the more qualified people we've seen do yeah. it. So, so there is something oh, yeah. to be said for that. But yeah. but you have the other end of it where, like, yeah, it'd be great for a world where top players don't say, well, what does this do about my rank? Um, I don't know. It's it's a, something where, you know, there are there are pros and cons to every single way you could go about it. Um, I would love for there to be some way to let players know that, you know, it is good to enter events. And uh, I mean, personally, me, myself, I think how I've been thinking about this recently, maybe not always how I've been voting, is that going to events and showing off your stuff, that is a big thing to me. You look at M2K, we ranked him 10th. I think he went to three events. I don't think I would do I did that not rank again. I actually I, ranked him much lower as a result of that. Because I, I, and part I of agree. that was just because his 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 head-to-heads versus people in the tall, you know, top 10 to top 30 were absolutely not convincing. Mm-hmm. And if he'd entered three more tournaments, it probably would have been. But no, that's, that's not where I put him at all. Yeah. There is definitely the concept of, uh, well, I don't want to enter a local. I might lose. And it's like, I thought you were a top player. Aren't you like confident in beating these people? And like, aren't you confident that if you attend 50 locals or that's a lot, or if you attend 20 locals during a year, you'd win most of them. Like, aren't, aren't you confident that that's the case? I thought you were a top player, right? Right. And so there's this notion of like, if you avoid all these events, are you now depriving yourself of a situation where you can sit down next to somebody and figure them out? And I, I think Cody is incredibly confident when it comes to that. I mean, who who were warming up against each other basically before finals? I think I think um, was it Jay Mook and IBDW? Uh, I I don't know about that, but I will say it no, that's not experience. like like Leppin and Zane were just warming up against each other for oh true time, very right? true yeah 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 I, IBDW we, reminds me of someone like that too where it's just yeah I'm confident if we play and we get into that you know cave for a while I'm gonna figure you out 
I so I think IBW is someone who um he has been said by name and he's been said by placements <laughs> uh this episode a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think he's really a, a problem. I mean, he came up with oh. uh, the very incendiary statement that we shouldn't count regionals, and obviously that we got to talk about insane. that. Um, I think it was a bad uh, opinion, <laughs> but but I I actually don't think that he is like you know public enemy number one and all this stuff. No, no, um, no, 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 no. I I think that like I'm not saying when I say you can go to a local because I'm confident that you can win. I'm not saying oh IBW go to 20 nightclubs. Um, yeah, I mean. Cool, Hey, it'd be, I, I, it'd be great. I mean, we're in a tough situation because now more than ever with uh, everyone having to stream and streams getting bigger because of COVID um, is that the whole the old adage of Mango actually loses money if he goes to a tournament um, is not just with Mango anymore, right? There, there are a lot of reasons to not go to a tournament. So we kind of have to I don't know. I, I, I would love it if there were an easy way to say, go to a tournament. Um, you know, like that is, that is good for you to go to a tournament. There's a net positive. Um, and the small chance that you get 17th is outweighed by the very real chance that you are going to put up results that are going to be consistent with everything else you put up. Um, it's an impossible task, but something that, you know, hopefully, hopefully what hopefully they do it on their own yeah right hopefully there's there's something that um yeah so some agreements it would made i I would love edwin what do you think uh yeah i i I don't know this this whole like oh i i don't want to go to this because i don't have anything to benefit everything to lose from my ranking or whatever i think that's just like a it's kind of like a convenient thing that you can point at that really uh obscures the fact that like most of uh most people who who like feel that way they don't really have it. They don't think that they have anything to gain from like going to a tournament over streaming on its own, like regardless of ranking, right? It's just like kind of you can point to ranking as like the thing that gives as like a, a thing that gives you stress and kind of a, creating this like false reason behind why you can't go to something when the truth is a lot deeper, which is or or a lot more straightforward. It's just that like you don't feel like going to a tournament you like streaming you make more money in streaming and it's easier and that makes some sort of like psychopathic version of elo with this huge like decaying k factor or something like that where you just get <laughs> this huge negative penalty for not entering a bunch and you just make that term giant and it just well it's increasing until you get to like 30 locals it's been three days you're now the 103rd best player in the world <laughs> i think if you got some questions yeah um, that's that's where that's where i land there we edwin. might have to juice some numbers Edwin, I've changed my mind. I think that you are wrong uh, because that you are. I have seen you drop out of so many tournaments recently that you said you might go to. Um, I don't think you're one to speak about going to tournaments and not going to tournaments. I'm mad at you now. And uh, this argument's over. I'm not saying I'm not going because of ranking. That's the thing. I think it's little... I say it. I I, you said that they just create reasons to not go because they don't feel like it. Well, that kind of sounds like you. <laughs> this you told me to you told me this week you said i don't think i'm gonna go to smash camp and i was like it's not your choice <laughs> you missed out i was like it was on sale for two minutes a month ago even when i was competing i've dropped out for a crook monsieur you know so again yeah. you know what can i really say yeah but you're not saying it's because like you're no you're the ranking panel it's just because yeah you just don't feel like you just gotta you just gotta put skill keeper up there it is it, 
this is it is a very funny time uh, because we still do live in the age of covid uh i think mm -hmm. we didn't we mention that leffen's dq was because of COVID. well we we did earlier um it is the age of covid and uh it's the age where leffen's had covid smash summit 13 a small smaller event uh had a covid outbreak uh magi i believe got COVID before she was going to go to the xandu legends event mm -hmm. like there there are very real reasons to not want to go to events i don't want to say i don't want to make it seem like oh, the yeah, ranking yeah, yeah, yeah. panel people are on their high horse and say no you must go to an event jaybook i don't care COVID. i i you know i would love for there to be that hot players don't want to play <laughs> it must be because they don't want to play as they sit on their 12-hour flight next to next to Kona with you know no mask and with no mask. Yeah, yeah. Wizzy's really like bent over a toilet, like puking his guts out, and we're just like, yeah, I think he's afraid. I think he's just a coward. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. You know, Life and I have absolutely no qualms with DQ. You know, I if somebody's just like, yeah, COVID's hot. I'll see you guys in four months. What are you gonna do? Peace. And, and and to you know, I'm gonna add to this. Um, IBW, he said that he was going to, to he's going to CEO for for Panda content. Um, I believe he's going to be involved in an exhibition thing. I don't know if I even should have said that, but who knows? Um, I don't even actually. I'm not sure if he is. Um, but 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 he will be there for Panda content, as he said. You know, the way that top players get signed up for stuff is that he might have just got signed up for singles. He might not have done it himself, right? Yeah, happen, I, 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 like, don't want to point... I don't want to point a finger to him. I don't want to point a finger to Leffen. I do think that coming off of the heels of the news about the, the slight changes to the MPGR uh, and two DQs, the two top seeds of uh, this week's big tournament, I, I think that it's just there are feelings that everyone's kind of had and now it's just a time to talk about it because kind of boiled over right no one's extremely happy about that um i don't know it's an interesting thing to talk about and i hope that next time we bring this up we don't worry about all these top players i i one thing i will say mango retired and has gone to more tournaments since than uh than like any other top player <laughs> so that's a retirement <laughs> So that is a melee retirement. So maybe, maybe that's the key is we just need uh Hey Cody, maybe retire. Yeah. I mean, I also want to say it's the busy season, right? I mean, there's literally a candidate major next week. We have, um, we have CEO, we've got Gamal, we've got double down. Uh, we've got phantom. In, it's we've summertime. Got, who knows how big that Minnesota 4M tournament's going to be, but it's going to have some cool people there. Mm -hmm. uh, we've got fate. <laughs> We've got Smash Factor we've that week. We've got Wave Dash. Too. We've got Wave Dash the weekend after. We've got Shine. We've got. Uh, before that, we've got Smash Con. Yeah. It's insane. I mean, you know, so as much as I'm complaining now, I think players are very smartly understanding this is a long sprint. Yes. Um, and if you look safe. at someone like ABUW, we've we've centered on him just because so he's, not some, fair. Yeah. he's someone who spoke up. I don't think he's the issue. And if there, I don't even know if there is necessarily an issue that can be pointed at someone. If there is, it's, he's not the guy. Um, he, he made a tweet of all the events that he's signed up for. And it's a lot. So right. And I, this is, that is what I want to see. Right. That's the end goal is I want to see top players do that. If they're able to, if it is, you know, if you are a top player and is financially available for you to go to an event without having to say, um, am I eating this month? <laughs> uh, I think that that should be the goal is to go to a lot of events because I think that melee is better that way. And I also think that in 
the the way that affects you personally, I think that it needs to be said that it is good to enter events. Mm -hmm. We want to encourage that, right? We want to encourage what IBW is doing in terms of going to a lot of tournaments. Load management. And here's something I'll say. I said this before when I said that I really have not cared about his results at Function Nightclub VIP um, because his results at majors were so good. If you go to a lot of majors and you go to a lot of regionals and you do well at every major and you do shitty at every regional, I probably really don't care too much about those I regionals. A bit. I do care. I am a person who values for upsets. I value the the person who makes the upset more than the person who gets upset. That is personally yeah. how I view it. Yeah. I think the person has more to gain from beating IBW. Man, it's always IBW. Let's say Leffen. I think some. I think um, Mega Christmas has more to gain from beating Leffen than Leffen has to lose from losing to Mega Christmas. Yeah, and there are a couple reasons for that, but I'll leave it there. Uh, I think that's a good point to leave this. This is definitely like a Pandora's box of way to talk about this. And coming up on the top fifty, you know, coming up uh, in the episodes that we're going to have in the, in the future is going to be an episode about the top fifty because we've got that coming. So I think it's probably best to leave this here. Chroma, uh, you've been on the show before. You are, uh, of course, in the Patreon chat. You have seen some of these things. We love to ask our patrons some questions, and we just talked about it last week. Fucking hits. They have been coming out with incredible questions week after week after week after week in fact the fact that we used to make fun of them for bad questions feels like such a distant past to me and yet here we are um i i, I gotta say we've got some interesting ones i think we should uh, still make fun of them otherwise the quality won't you know? well this this week more than others i think might uh <laughs> might deserve it so i'm gonna ask you one from superstar uh ssb seal this is uh you know we all love seal Seal What's gives us great questions every week uh what is your favorite commentary block that you've been on and what is your favorite commentary block that you've watched oh god yeah that's a fantastic question what's my favorite commentary block that i've done that is a really good question Oof. yeah that is that is a good one i think like i look back vish and i have had a bunch of bangers that i always forget about um, which is always a good time. Like uh, like Genesis 5, really enjoyed, if that was right. Yeah, I think it's Genesis 5. Um, Shine, of course, was always really fun. Favorite commentary block? Probably something where I'm just doing deranged stuff nearly the entire time, like with, with Mikey and Jack at Shine, I think. We had a really fun <laughs> one. Uh, I really actually liked the last uh, couple I did um, with Zane and Slime at Function. I actually really enjoyed those. That was a lot of fun. Favorite commentary block I've ever seen. Um, I guess that's got to be like the entirety of Genesis 1 from Brandon mm. and Phil, who just basically carried the whole thing all the way through. Yeah, just they would just sit down and just basically stream the entire tournament and just, you know, you, you, they bring people over to talk to them and it'd be funny and you felt like you were there and you knew it. I think that one, uh, a couple of Hindog ones I've, always, I've also really, really loved. Um, blur commentating doubles. Just hits a, a great little spot in my heart for me. And then uh, like Hindog and Apple, I think for for different reasons. For very chaotic reasons, I think. But I'll leave it there. Those are all very good. Yeah, Brandon and Phil, I think um, 
I mean, obviously us on this podcast, I think we extol their virtues every single week, but it, 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 we have a different world if they decided to not just sit down and, and chat throughout the entire not <laughs> entirety of Genesis. Not of us are here. We're, we're in this one. Uh, <laughs> okay, so I think we've got another question. Edwin, do you have one lined up? Yeah, so this is from uh, another superstar. No, he's not another superstar, but he he's a very nice person. Um, he has not a, he has not submitted very many questions, but I yeah. don't think I think it's rude to say that he's not a superstar because of that. Well, you know, we should keep so a superstar people. Anyways, this is from Coffee. Um, Chroma is the era of the five gods over. That's a really good question, actually. Like, if you think about it, like, I'm going to say no. Because I still think that we're in a spot where, like, if PP or Armada just roll up to the sticks, that is still the <laughs> biggest, most important thing that will happen that day. Um, and then we still believe that Muti King, if he wanted to, can just show up and be top whatever. Um, yeah, I mean, it looked like the era of the Five Gods, so to speak was maybe dying if Hungrybox and Mango were just washed, and they're just not washed. They're not washed at all. They've just shown that, like, basically, if they're still playing the game and they're still, like, on the sticks, they are contenders for the best player in the world, or at least very close to it at any given time. I... Yeah, I mean, it's it's funky. I Mango is the most committed to watching the era die, just playing as long as he can, <laughs> until he's literally getting, like, you know, 17th at everything. But he he can't do it. He's still winning, you know, even now it's, you know, it's always the cycles. I don't think it ever ends. I think there are just like, we lose them to retirement, but I don't think the era ever ends. I think we are finally facing the first year where it's possible that one of them will not be the top player of the year. And I know COVID helped with that a bit. I think it's unfair to say that Zane was not the best player in the world in 2010, 2020 and 2021, but Mango is still a contender. I mean, you Very know, true. The era of the five gods is such a funky thing. I mean, do you say the Leffen killed it? Do you think that, like, you know, the first goofy losses they take, did that matter? I think if you look really, really closely at the hagiography of, like, them never losing outside of Armada, there are a lot of really funky losses that you maybe have to ignore. Um, so, no, I think the era of the five gods is still going. <laughs> hey, I mean, Armada is top 20 in the world when it comes to 70-star uh, speedruns in Super Mario 64. So, if he's doing that, is it really ever over? No. Yeah, you know, uh, I had this idea a while ago. It's not even. I just wanted to explore this idea, this like concept before in a video, and just never got around to figuring it out. Also, I think like the the more I thought about, it, the more it's probably just wrong. But I really wanted to like explore the idea of just like a pers a uh, kind of like a view of the the quote unquote era of five gods, but from the perspective of like or like the commonly cited era of five gods or whatever, but from the perspective of just like saying that it never happened, that like there is like that the era of five gods is like the a total pure marketing myth that never actually happened. That I do never... have to I do have to say like from the context of them literally winning every major. Unfortunately you know, it is was yeah, kind of a thing. It that... was kind of like that that's the tough thing, right? Like, like that did happen. Yeah. yeah like, Edwin, like it stopped like... happening. It sounds like you kind of got owned, unfortunately. Oh, yeah, well, I was. You were gonna, you were gonna write a video about how the five gods. They so never that out the five gods. <laughs> like I guess you it's at the data, and there was oh, an error of the five gods. Yeah, the thing is, it's like there was definitively a period <laughs> in which all five 
people. <laughs> they just won every it's, tournament. It's, and Lemon like won one, and it was insane. We all video. lost our minds. And then plus four minute video, and like halfway through, you're going like, "Yeah, you wow. know, I gotta admit, it really does seem like this." Yeah, more. we like, should make this. that video. We should still make that video, man. Which is like three minutes. Like, wow, they won a lot of events. I can defend myself going like full contrarian. I think my reasoning was that like it never felt like there was a moment where like any five of them could win, right? Like they always kind of like it. Like it was always one of either like PP Mango or Armada seemed like very solidly yeah and then h beast for that while yeah and then h beast later on but Mijiking, like king like yeah. once every two years music was like once every like blue moon right like so Legend. i think that was the reason why i wanted to deconstruct and be like oh well you know there were never like five gods like there, there were three there, yeah there were three there was, and they were and there were two really really good players who always yeah. placed top five and didn't get upset and would so and well hell for sure and then the more i looked at it like i saw the list of tournament winners until like leffen one beast or like ceo or whatever and i was like uh you know do i really want to die on this hill of like the era of five gods not existing yeah i guess i guess now uh, they're like is good enough <laughs> there are well, people that win majors and you're not that surprised when they lose to people mm -hmm outside of like maybe the top 20 even you're just like yeah and so in that sense like sure i guess i guess it's over edwin i think you owned yourself um, i own myself too let's uh let's keep going before we get another own so this one is from jack zill this one is from fellow ceo commentator jack zill this is uh what are your red lines what are the red lines you have for selling now i read this as jack just asking himself like what have i become have i become too much of a beast uh absolve uh, absolve all of our sins are, are we the baddies yeah i mean you know if you're doing something that's just explicitly harmful to the ecosystem generally always bad whether that's captain planet or whether that's esports um if you are making things like openly unsafe um just to go back to like thunder gaming right like if you're if you're looking at the commentary lineup and it's like oops all offenders yeah, that's not a good sign. Like, you probably shouldn't be doing that. Um, yeah, I mean, it's hard to, you know, it's hard to discuss specifics, right? But you better, you should always be asking yourself that. You should never be like, nah, we're good. I refuse to admit, or I refuse to accept that, like, like they had to have known. Like, oh, they... It, had to have been like intentional like they would know it's like they're purposefully setting themselves up to get owned right like I, they're like i honestly think oh sorry go ahead edwin you should finish this thought before i go no, that was it. you it should was finish just... this thought in the question that chroma was asked as he is a guest no no no, no no i don't mean it like that but I, I you know i'm gonna go too far if, if i don't have the no yeah so i'm gonna the guardrails no yeah i mean that's all i'm saying right like i refuse to admit that with thunder gaming specifically like they have to know the kind of like pushback and like pretty like uh, annoyance and like upset like how upset people would get like they had to have known it and been like yes this is how we promote our event like i i can't believe it i think i think the big issue is that number one they know that their brand is toxic in the community so even if they do everything right they probably still get roasted by a lot of people. And number two, I mean, there are a lot of people out there in the broader influencer esportsy world that are like, they got done dirty. Bring our boys back, you know? And I think there's always going to be that element. And I think that element is very, very strong in those circles. And so I, I don't think they don't know. You know what I'm saying? I think this is like, we're bringing them back. 
Yeah, even hearing you say it, like I know you're saying it, like because that's a, like the thought process of these people. It literally makes my stomach churn. Oh my god, Chroma. It's... I guess the 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 question here that that I'm getting from all of this is, um, are you doing top eight at the Thunder Gaming Tournament, or are you just gonna be doing doing pools? Well, I thought you and I were in the dunk tank with the with with the porn star with the sex worker who I don't think did anything wrong. I don't. <laughs> you know, he's catching straight. I guess it's a uh, this, okay, this is actually the question I have. Uh, would would porn star be under the sex worker? I guess so, right? It's it's a big umbrella. Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah. I feel like I'm not understanding the question even. Um, I I guess I don't know. There's there's a lot of things, a lot of um, occupations that can be sex workers. I guess mm-hmm. it it's not as descriptive as maybe I think it could be. Is my thing. I'm saying let's uh go back to some very specific terms to let you know. Yes, I'd like to announce that uh, we and I are doing top eight. <laughs> and the adult actress. Um, oh, you know what? Actor. I always I like to say actor. Gender neutral. Actor. The, adult, the adult actor, um, will, actor. Be, will be with us. Um, yeah. Makes in the, in the In the dunk tank. Um, I think there's like jello shots after every uh, star KO or something. But like you can go to that event and meet maybe like three whales. And you can convince them to spend money on melee in a way that you could justify is net good, right? Right? Like, it's cool that we're doing this, right? Okay. All right. Chroma, but to go Chroma hear me out. Yes. Um, NFT tournament. Yeah. They is should. That... <laughs> NFT people should not have their money. I should have their money. And I should spend it on things that are cool for the scene. I've always been saying this. Yeah, it'd be really fun to, you know, what if you hosted a tournament? Um, we, we, we convinced uh, some NFT guys. Some bathing apes guys or whatever it is. So it's some sort of ape. There's <laughs> apes involved. One, it's all I, I believe know. this one is bored, not necessarily bathing. Um, yeah, we, we convinced them to throw a tournament. Leffen makes $10,000 for getting third. Yeah. Um, Zane, Zane gets his own NFT. I don't know Wins if that's even... <laughs> maybe that's not even a better prize but you know who knows maybe at the end of the day we, we line some pockets so uh it's an interesting question did you answer jack zilla's question by the way do you yeah feel so like it's you... basically okay. you should always be asking yourself that you should never just start tweeting like no it's obviously cool that raytheon gaming is <laughs> you know as long as we hit our recruitment numbers for you know the, the partnership with you know, long story short, um, no, you always have to ask yourself that question. There is, there is no confession here. There is no say twenty hail marys and collect the bag, right? Because we're only here by the magnificence of just like the social buy-in of the scene, right? If they stop believing in us, it's just poof, you know. So you always have to keep that in mind. Um, what's the next question? Hey, that's it, man. Uh, that it? Interrogation's over. We do three, and even if we want to do more than three, we don't have anything. I can ask you what your favorite pizza topping is. Do you want that? Yeah, actually, um, I do enjoy a good pineapple, sardine, and ham turkey, um, ham uh, pizza. Okay, um, let's uh, let's move on from that. What? <laughs> of course, you've been on the show before. You know that we have one last uh, segment here. Officially unnamed. What is this? Is this the stock market one? I'm so ready. Oh my god. No, Uh-oh. we stopped doing the stock market one a little bit ago. Edwin, um, ask him a question off the, off your dome. Just one just one stock market question. 
Uh, who do you think uh, if buy one, sell one, uh, Crudo or Spark? <sighs> don't make me do this. Don't make one me. word answer. Buy Crudo, sell Spark. Uh, buy Crudo, sell Spark. All right. Um, I, I, I guess I have to determine a winner now, right? Yeah. Who gets the point? Uh, Chromo's emotional delivery won me over. It's mm, pain. Okay. Well, we have, we have a new winner. Uh, and and you know what? Maybe your your uh, your prize is you get to be a part of our last segment, which is officially unnamed but known by the fans as Touching Grass. This is the segment where we talk about stuff that we've been going on uh, that's been going on in our lives that are not melee based um uh, i will go on first uh i think i was really not thinking of anything i usually try to prepare something um and i was thinking about it and the thing that has been most prevalent in my life for the past week uh, i believe is pretty similar to the one that i gave last week which is the real one's a sad answer is that i had uh some eye issues and i had to like put drops in my eyes four oh, times yeah. a day and that was the thing i thought about most this entire week did it um, work yeah, my eye, I, I had like a permanently okay. red eye, and now it's it looks beautiful and white. Um, I was worried about that, yeah. I'm for I'm right now chilling. But, uh, but yeah, so I think the thing that's been on my mind the most, unfortunately, has been uh, a little bit of a health thing. Uh, I guess a positive thing is that I've also, since last episode, I think I probably lost like five or six pounds, um, which is very great. Uh, but what i'll use as my touching grass instead of the sad health thing or the happier health thing um i'll use uh something that's been on my mind for the past day which is uh i watched a movie last night this is a movie that i've heard about when it came out i wanted to see it in theaters uh martin scorsese was right basically about theaters so i really had like a week to catch it and then it was gone uh it's a norwegian movie called the worst person in the world it is by uh fuck uh you Joachim uh, Trier. I don't know what uh, the way of pronouncing this in a Norwegian accent. Uh, so I'm sure I offended not only the Norwegians, but uh, at least three other countries with that pronunciation. But but he is a director who I've watched other stuff of his. I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was you know very well done. Um, so hearing that there was a new movie that was well-liked, uh, I was like, I gotta check this out. It is an amazing movie. You can watch it on Hulu. It is so refreshing to go into a movie and not say like, what's the catch, right? what's what's the unique like hook of this one um because i went in and i really didn't know anything about it and watching the trailer it didn't like have a how like oh here's what we do um it didn't have a take on anything it was like a very down-to-earth very realistic um artful depiction of what was probably at its base like a comedy uh romantic comedy right you know there there's dramatic moments there are black comedic moments there are uh there's a lot going on but it was just really, really well done. Um, if you're someone who has no issues with uh, subtitles and and foreign movies, I would highly recommend this. It was just refreshing to see a movie that just was there and was good and and didn't it didn't have like a a take right. It wasn't trying to be like like oh hey this is us we're like we do this this way this is what sets us apart. It was just a movie that was told a simple story told it very well um told it with a lot of character a lot of charm so the worst person in the world norwegian movie you can watch it on hulu and i'm sure you can buy it i think it's on the criterion collection um would highly recommend edwin you've been changing your hairstyle three different times during this episode uh 
What what are you up to? What have you been up to recently? Uh, watching movies similar to you. So first off, I just want to say uh, this movie, RRR, everything everywhere at once, all, all bangers this year, right? I will say, um, unfortunately, I'm going to bring up another movie right now that I watched uh, over the weekend. Uh, I watched Master of Disguise for about probably the uh, 20th time in my life. Jesus Christ. What? Edwin. Why? You gotta. We I saw that in theaters. Doing this. I just, I just wanted to watch it again. It was on HBO. It it's the like, 9/11 thing, isn't it? It made me feel like 9/11 was worse. <laughs> yeah. 9/11 was pretty bad. Yeah. So, <laughs> hey, look, melee stats. I want to. This is the official melee stats statement on 9/11. Is that we do believe it was pretty bad. It was not chill, man. Yeah. So I, I think the thing with Master of Disguise, what I think is really interesting about it is that, like, I think the um. So it's very unfunny. I didn't laugh a single time during the movie. Um, I think the like the the characters are not like particularly compelling in, in any way. I think the um, why do you watch it? It's not funny. The relationships aren't really that compelling either. But I do think that like I think it's an interesting bad movie. I think it's a like it's almost like be, it's so unfunny, but it's kind of a fun like enjoyable or no, it's not enjoyable. But it's like an interesting. <laughs> bad movie because there's so much effort put into the set design and kind of building this like alternate history world where like all the biggest current events that you know are actually the result of like the disguisey family playing like a big role somewhere right so it's like when abe lincoln was giving a speech like it was zoolander able to be done because zoolander has that too it's all male models and it's funner yeah, no, Zoolander's a much better movie. But I think, but like, there's a lot of effort in Master of Disguise putting the set design and into kind of like building the this like little weird disguisey world, right? It's it's one of the most interesting like uh, three out of ten movies I've seen in a long time. It, it, there's like a there's like so little substance in the movie and so little of like like any brains, but it has like a weird soul in there somewhere. You just I, love pain. I just think it's a very interesting. I think bet. everything that, that about you has led me to believe over these past five years or whatever has led me to believe well, that you you like to be mad and you like to feel pain. Well, one thing I want to one last thing I'll say about Master of Disguise is I think that the like actual runtime of like the movie itself is sixty five minutes. So wow. it's so it's very bad, but it's kind of like watching a like. When HBox played Johnny and Shine uh, Grand Finals, it's kind of like you, you had the different HBox sets, which were just like long and grueling and like hard to watch and like boring. Then you had the swift, like quick, like painless deaths where HBox is like granting the it's it's like granting mercy, right? Sort of like mercy through a quick death where HBox just like six o someone in like six minutes or whatever. That's kind of what Master of Disguise feels like, but like. The movie is HBox, and like you as this, like the the viewer, like the person getting three would and like Edwin, I've got a few questions for you. Um, here, can I add, can I say one last thing? Oh so I mentioned Please. the movie runtime is a like the movie itself is like uh, sixty five minutes or so, but I think the official runtime is like eighty five minutes because the credits have a bunch of outtakes and scenes. Okay. That was then, that was one of my questions. So that that answered that. Um, Edwin, my my second question is, what is this movie's connection to Smash? There is one. Do you know it? Um, no, I I don't think I don't think I do. What is it? So of course we know that Dana Carvey uh, 
deftly played Pistachio Disguisey. Uh, who played a young uh, Pistachio Disguisey? Not uh, Zach, uh, or is that not, or like Cole? Sp- Are you serious? Zach Codeine, baby. Oh wow, he, he played, Cole Sprouse. Cole Sprouse played young Pistachio. That's crazy. now this is a movie that, by your own admission, you've seen twenty times, and you saw you said you saw it this week. We gotta get them at a tournament again. Maybe we're so do. much cooler now. They, uh, I I heard that at least one must dump truck. Um, All right, take it back. Uh, sex worker. <laughs> is that the term? <laughs> Jake Chroma. Yeah. What's been, two. Give me two more minutes, man. What's been going on with you? All right. Yeah. Um, just to go to the chat, Rich walked in as soon as he started pronouncing a Norwegian um a Norwegian so, okay. movie title for the first Ready? time. Uh, I, he is upset. Jack says he's watched that movie so many times. He has several bits memorized. Says it's a better Forrest Gump about Master of Disguise. I, it's a tragedy in here. Jake, um, since you mentioned it, give me one second. I I was doing this to myself today, and I I was fucking nailing it. The uh the main character's name, um, Duolingo Owl looking, Yulia. I, that was not the best time I did it. Rich, how it how'd it go? Rich, rate that out of ten. Okay, we'll come go, back. Um, we'll come back I, with that. Go on with what you've been going on. I didn't have anything like super planned. I guess the biggest thing in my life, depressingly, was like I got COVID, and it really actually sucked. I had a terrible. I had a not so fun case. I basically was in my basement for just two weeks and then not exercising or working out for a while after that. And it was just like a little bit depressing. Um, I wanted to go give people COVID um, at my darkest and I still maintain that would have been a really good bit to do. Um, But yeah, no, I'm just like, I'm kind of like back in the saddle of existing, not coughing a shit ton anymore, Uh, you know, lifting, um, I hit, I hit body weight for 12 reps on bench again, which was fun. I was like, was running for 20 minutes and it's, you know, it's all harder than it used to be, but it's just nice. Like being back into the saddle of it, getting to see people, weather has been good. I saw father of the bride, the remake with Andy Garcia. Mm-hmm. I didn't like it. I thought it wasn't good. I was hoping that Matt Damon and George Clooney were going to show up and rob him like three fourths of the way through the movie. He's got a lot of the tendencies that he has um, playing Benedict with uh, across Julia Roberts and Ocean's Eleven. And it was just kind of a very, very straightforward remake with like someone Googled some things about Cuban people and threw it in there. And I, was really I think just Edwin's Googled more end. about Cuban people than uh, Edwin's <laughs> Edwin Googled that. things about Cuban people that would end up with him on watch lists. <laughs> um, and, then, and then outside of, you know, and then like, I guess there's Smash stuff, which doesn't count as touching grass at all. Um, but yeah, no, I'm excited to. You'll, you'll excited be going to, be... to uh, Daytona Beach. We'll be hanging out. Um, we'll have hopefully no slurs yelled at us. That'd be nice. That would be a first for me in Florida. <laughs> you know, everyone's been really nice to me every time I went. Hmm. Wonder, <laughs> wonder what about me would lead that to happen. Who knows? Um, it's a mystery. It's truly is a mystery. But what's not been a mystery is uh, how good you've been today. You've been a great guest. Been happy to have you on. Um, seems like we're really dropping like flies at this point. So maybe this is a uh, a sign, Jake been a great guest um you now have a twitter the oh, question that's right is, yeah do you yeah. want people to follow you do you want to say where you're you can be found out 
Yeah, I mean, I remade my Twitter um, to, uh, you know, just really promote things that I like, uh, family-friendly commentary, you know, brands, uh, just, you know, positivity, uh, doing California proud. You, you've been talking to me recently about how you actually think that um, IP laws need to be changed, that it, like, um, you know, it's usually a certain set number uh, of years after the, the original artist's death. I give it I, 50. You yeah. were telling me, let's go to triple oh. digits. Let's go to like 100 or something. Yeah, I yeah I'd say, you know. You told me you really cared about that. That's very important to me. And uh, it's important to know that I'm family friendly. And uh, I've never played a game too fast. I've also never played a game too slow. I need Andy here. <laughs> Someone too- once told me uh, I could change Mario's color in the game. Um, nope. And that man was Muammar Gaddafi. And I said, ju- I just said no. I just said no. Excuse me, sir. Uh, Mario is red and blue. I don't know why you are telling me that he can be green and brown. That, that seems like run. it's wrong. I never thought I would associate Mario and Gaddafi. <laughs> Mario Gaddafi? Mo Mario Gaddafi. Dr. Mario Cuomo was my tag on. <laughs> it's pretty good. Yeah. That's uh, that's me. But yeah, you can follow it. It's, I think, like Chrome 09, like C-H-R-O-M-E-O-H-N-I-N-E. And uh, yeah, I guess I exist there now again, which is delightful. It's very cool to see you existing. People can perceive you. That's uh, what we love around these parts. Getting perceived. We're and if you want to, if you, of course, you want to perceive any of us, uh, you can do so at a variety of places. You can perceive us over on YouTube. Our long form content is going to be over on the Melee Stats channel. And while you're there, you can catch uh, episodes of the show and other stuff on the Melee Stats Archives channel. You can catch these episodes live, twitch.tv slash Melee Stats, and head over on to Twitter at Melee Stats Pod. You can find all of our uh, re- regional results posting every night. You can hang on, t- hang on. You can uh, hang on, check out MeleeStats.co because you can find Monday Morning Marth and uh, When's Melee there. And if you just love everything you do, we do. <laughs> Man, I think this is the most I've messed up in a uh, in a plug read. Uh, and it is also the first one I've done since being announced for a very big commentary gig. Yeah, well, you. you're, you're nervous because Edwin did threaten to get us banned from commentary from every event through this event. And he hasn't done it yet, so I'm just waiting until it comes. <laughs> Edwin told me that he, he kept trying to trick me earlier in the show. Uh, he was. Re- he, this was before the show went live, but he was recording it. He said, "Wait, what comes between Project L and Project N?" And uh, he and like, had his, he had his like phone fun. up to the camera, like it looked like he was recording it. Um, oh, goodness. But but of course, if you love everything that we do and you want to support us, patreoncom stats Chroma. So nice to see you here, and it's gonna be nicer to see you in beautiful Daytona Beach. Uh, hanging out with with you and and doing some great work for the uh for this wonderful panda cup circuit uh with with a beautiful community for orlando uh and all of the wonderful people there it'll be fun mario will certainly be fighting some larger opponents mario might have a new foe which is very fun for everyone edwin you know this takes a big man to come onto an episode like this yeah, with two superstars like like you two, <laughs> big shots for for I I am humbled by by the um, appearance of my Nintendo overlords. 
it takes a big man to come on a show like this so i really do appreciate it and uh i appreciate everyone for watching uh thanks we've been having a little bit of a fun episode so so thanks for sticking around and uh yeah next week on our bi-weekly show we will be around you can catch us we're going to be talking about ceo of course then we're going to preview gommel is that the next stop with a panda cup jesus we're going to be talking about gommel the next stop on the panda cup smash world tour event uh and just probably the next big major that we have should be super fun make sure to tune in peace see you guys